Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, you're such a good God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you to our first time guests here with us. Please do enjoy us at, um, at our guest reception where you can go ahead and talk to us, have some snacks, and get to know a little bit about who we are here at Newark. Again, the Christmas giving service is such a wonderful time. Um, it's, it's so important. And, um, you know, we are celebrating. We were hopeless, but now we have hope. Life was sad, and then Jesus arrived. So it's a very, very important day that we celebrate, and we believe giving the best and biggest gift to Jesus. It's a wonderful, wonderful tradition, um, and people just, it's very, very, again, moving and touching. Some of the letters people write individually, personally to Jesus, very, very tender letters that they write to their Lord and Savior. Um, again, it is next Sunday. Please be prepared. Amen. 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 Well, I have a, an interesting message today, so we'll see how I always do. <laughs> I do want to get into the, um, the book of Job. Yeah, it's a Job kind of day today. Let's talk about the book of Job, verse 13. One day, this is Job, a great, great book. If you haven't read it, please do. Uh, makes you appreciate your life a whole lot more. Um, and it's supposed to be one of the oldest books. It's one of the oldest books in the Old Testament um, about this man named Job. So one day, Job's sons and daughters were feasting to the oldest brother's house. And a messenger arrived at Job's home with this news. Your oxen were plowing with the donkeys, feeding beside them. When Sabians raided us and they stole all the animals and killed all the farmhands, I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven, burned up your sheep and all the shepherds. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, a third messenger arrived with this news. Three bands of Chaldean raiders have stolen your camels and have killed your servants. I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. Your sons and your daughters were feasting in the oldest brother's home, and suddenly a powerful wind swept through from the wilderness, hit the house on all sides as the house collapsed, and all your children are dead. I am the only one who escapes to tell you. Job stood up, tore his robe in grief, then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. And he said, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I have, and the Lord has taken away. Praise be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin, blaming God. What a response. I would not have had that response, just so you guys know. My response would have been a little bit more different. And then to add, to make matters more interesting, Job has a really close group of friends that he has. Good, good friends. The ones you find on Facebook. 
who just friend you and have all kinds of comments and interesting points of view. Good people. And I want to read Job 8, verse 1. And this is one of the good ones. It's one of the good friends who um, you, you, you wish people, you had people like this when you were down and out. You know, you just wish there were some people there to tell you how wrong you are. You know, that's always such a good thing to hear. Um, so Job 8, verse 1. Um, Bilidad the Shuhite replied to Job. So this is they're all, their friends come in. They let him sit for you know three days as he's mourning, and then they respond. And here's Bildad's response: How long will you go on like this? You sound like a blistering wind. Because you know Job gave a response, and he's just frustrated with God. Does God twist justice? Does the Almighty twist what is right? Your children must have sinned against him. So their punishment was well deserved. And that is my title today. We get what we deserve. We get what we deserve. It is a Halloween message. We get what we deserve we get what we deserve. There is this popular culture belief, something maybe you might not be familiar with, but you probably heard people say it all the time. Here comes karma. What goes around comes around. And there's actually videos on TikTok and YouTube about people who do foolish things, and you say, watch karma come through. And everybody loves those videos. They always come like, there you go. You get back. You get what you deserve. I feel like that's what kind of Job's friend is doing. He's just going around saying, obviously, you did something wrong. Your children did something wrong. They got what they deserved. This is, this is justice. Justice is not twisted. You get what you deserve. And again, it's the sum of a person's actions in this and a previous state of existence viewed as deciding their fate in future existence. Karma has come around again. Because what I have done, or haven't done, comes back to bite me. We get what we deserve, or you get what you deserve. You get what you deserve. And it's interesting, Jeremiah kind of talks about this as well. Jeremiah, again, a wonderful person to read about. They call him the weeping prophet. If you read most of his book, it's, it's good writing. It's, he's always complaining. Um... He had a very miserable life. But Jeremiah 15, and um, in verse 15, and uh, he reads, I said, Lord, you know how I suffer. Take thought of me and care for me. Pay back for me those who have persecuted me. I hope you get him, Jesus. Don't be so patient with them. I love that line that you allow them to kill me. Be mindful how I have put up with their insults for your sake. As your words came to me, I drank them in, and they filled my heart with joy and happiness, because I belong to you, O Lord God of heaven's armies. I did not spend my time in the company of other people, laughing, having a good time. I stayed to myself because I felt obligated to you. Because I was filled with anger at what I had done. 
I didn't go to those parties. I hung out because I was obligated to you. And because of this, oh, I'm sorry, 18. Why must I continually suffer such painful anguish? Why must I endure the sting of their insults like an incurable wound? Will you let me down when I need you? Like a brook one goes to for the water, but they cannot be reeled on. Because of this, the Lord said, you must repent of such words and thoughts. So he comes and rebukes Jeremiah. If you do, I will restore you to the privilege of serving me. If you say what is worthwhile instead of what is worthless, I will again allow you to be my spokesman. You must not become like them. You're focusing on the wrong things, Jeremiah. You're focusing on something that's worthless. Why don't you talk about what's worthwhile? Verse 20, I will make you as strong as a wall to these people, a fortified wall of bronze. They will attack you, but they will not be able to overcome you, for I will be with you to rescue you and deliver you, says the Lord. I will deliver you from the power of the wicked, and I will free you from the clutches of violent people. Focus on the worthwhile and not the worthless. Your focus is off. You're concerned about the wrong type of justice. They get what they deserve. And it's, we've heard it in our childhood all the time. One of my children is not listening, and they're jumping up and down, and they're going on top of places that they shouldn't be going. And I said, you better watch out. You're going to fall. And sure enough, they fall, and they hit their face on the ground. And I said, ha! You got what you deserve. Not going to listen to me. That's what we feel like with people, don't we? Tragedy comes, calamity comes, life falls apart, and we're like, you got what you deserve. Good old justice. Our version of justice, right? Our thoughts. The way we see and perceive justice. Because, see, we have a very different view and idea of justice than God does. Eye for an eye. That's how we see it. An arm for an arm. That's how we see it. But Jesus has a different response. He has a different idea of justice. And the Psalms 103 really paints a powerful picture of what that is. And this is David. Psalms 103. By David, praise the Lord, O my soul. With all that is within me, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Do not forget all his kind deeds. He is the one who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, who delivers your life from the pit, who crowns you with his loyal love and compassion, who satisfies your life with good things to you so your youth is renewed like an eagle's. The Lord does what is fair. He executes justice for all who are all the oppressed. The Lord revealed his faithful acts to Moses and his deeds to the Israelites. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. He is patient. He demonstrates great loyal love. He does not allow, he does not always accuse, and he does not stay angry. God does not hold grudges. We do. We don't have a list in our mind of people who wronged us. God doesn't have those kinds of lists. He does not hold grudges. 
And now watch this. This is the most powerful verse. 103, verse 10. He does not deal with us as our sins deserve. He does not repay us as our misdeeds deserve. Because if we really think about justice and we turn it back on ourselves, we fall short. See, we got justice for everybody else. We know what to do about everybody else. But man, when we look at ourselves, we're a little bit kinder. Some of us are. Some of us are not. But our idea of justice is very different than what God does. See, he, he doesn't give us what we deserve. He doesn't repair misdeeds. The ESV reads, he does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities, because we get the goodness of God. You do not get what you deserve because of his sacrifice. You don't get what you deserve. You get something else. You get his kindness. You get his love. You get his goodness. And you see this throughout the scriptures about how people, especially Israel, does wrongs and after wrong after wrong, and, 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 and they deserve something worse. And God just kind of steps back and doesn't repay and do what they have done wrong. He gives them kindness. He's patient. He's loving kindness. He's, he's a good God. He does good things. If we want to talk about justice we, we have to look at Matthew chapter 20. We're going to do a lot of scripture reading because I want to make sure we, we understand where this foundation is coming from. But for the kingdom of heaven is like a landlord who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. And after agreeing with the workers for the standard wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When it was about nine o'clock in the morning, he went out again and saw others standing around in the marketplace without work. He said to them, you go in the vineyard too, and I will give you whatever is right. So they went, and he went out again around noon. And three o'clock that afternoon, he did the same thing. And about five o'clock that afternoon, he went out and found others standing around and said to them, why are you standing here all day without any work? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, come on, you go and you work in my vineyard too. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call all these workers back and give the pay starting with the last hired until the first. And verse 9, and when those hired about 5 o'clock came, each received a full day's pay. What? You're telling me I get to get paid for an hour of work? That's just not fair. How is that fair? I should, get, I should get more. And when those hired first came, they thought they would be received more, and each one also received the standard wage. The audacity. I've been here all day. I got here at 6 in the morning when there was nobody here, and I'm working, plowing away. And you're giving me less than some guy who just came for an hour standing around, bossing everybody else around? How is that fair? And when they received it, they began to complain against the landlord, the landowner, saying, these last fellows worked one hour 
And you have made them equal to us who bore the hardship and the burning heat of the day. And the landlord replied to one of them, friend, I am not treating you unfairly. Didn't you agree with me to work for the standard wage? Take what is yours and go. I want to give to this landman the same as I gave you to you. Am I permitted to do what I want with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first shall be last. Are you envious of my generosity? Are you envious of my good intentions? If you believe he is good and he has the best intentions for you, you'll go to his justice and his way of doing things. Because sometimes we see people and they're all messed up. God, their life is a mess. And God just restores them. He heals them, heals their relationships. And God protects them. And I wonder if part of it, we're just kind of a bit salty. Just why? God, why are you blessing them so much? Why are you being so generous? Because this thought process, and it's part of the air we breathe. It's in our mind. You get what you deserve. There's no way to outrun it. You get what you deserve. You get what you deserve. But we have to understand that that's not the case. Not in God's kingdom. You don't get what you deserve. You get something better. And if you want to grow with him, if you want him to be you a better disciple, then finally the ultimate question that I have to ask everybody here in this congregation, if we trust this God, if we believe he's a good God, and that he's not going to go ahead and judge us poorly because we've done some pretty terrible things, and we get what we deserve, and that's in our mind, but we trust that he's a good God, then why do we question the plans he has for us? Why do we question what he has for us and what he has in store for us? Because we think somehow it's going to fall apart, like this is some kind of trick. See, I get what I deserve. Punishment is coming my way. And then he calls me to do something, and you're like, wait a minute. This is when everything falls apart. This is when I become miserable, just like Jeremiah. Easy. Jeremiah just had the wrong way of thinking. He didn't realize who was with him. A recognition that we need to have in our own personal lives. Don't question his plans. Don't question the plans he has for you because he's a good God. He's got something better in store for you. Do you trust him? Do you believe he is a good God? Do you believe he has something good for you? Or do you believe somehow it's a trick that I'm going to get what I deserve? And I think God's plan isn't something that's this broad concept of God's plan to, you know, establish churches in some other country. No, it comes down to very small practical things being part of God's will and his plan. Easy. It's very simple. Don't forsake the assembly of your believers. Yes, it's important to come to church. 
church should be a priority. God's plan is for you to be connected to the body of Christ. Now, I get it. Sometimes work comes in the way, sickness, but we should make church a priority. We shouldn't be, you know, every weekend. I'm gone six months out of the year. I got to go to my vacation house. If you go to your vacation house, make sure you go to church. We should be connected to the body. We should be coming to church, living a chaste life in this world. That's important. You know, I remember as a, you know, I came to church when I was 17, 18. Yeah, nice going to college. That was always great. But I had to follow God's plan, which was very different than what I wanted. Nothing more fun than getting invited to nice parties by pretty girls here at college that God just says, guess what? You're not going. Why? Everybody else gets to go. I'd have fun. And I'd be cool. I mean, I'd be in the back. I wouldn't do anything crazy. God says, no, you're not going. What kind of God are you? But he had better plans. Obviously, God knew me. God said, you're not going. I had to listen to that voice. And you know what? Thank God I didn't go. Looking back, 30 years, 10 years into marriage, I don't have to deal with half the baggage. I deal with my coworkers who are living in the world who did everything that came their way. Trust me. Marriage has baggage, a lot of it. But I don't have to deal with as much baggage as other people do. I don't have to fight all kinds of crazy addictions that my poor friends have to deal with because of what life they lived in the world. So yes, believe it or not, God's plan was better. You don't see it at the moment. You see what's in front of you. Well, this is what I want to do. And God says, you need to trust me. You got to know I'm good. You got to know I want the best for you. Don't go. Well, guess what? He was right. Of course, I see it 15 years removed. And that's kind of what happens with God. You see a lot of things later on in life and you see the wisdom in it. If God is convicting you about something, there is wisdom in it. Listen to it. He knows you. He knows you. He made you. He understands your temperaments. And if he is convicting you about something, understand that he's a good God and he has the best in store for you. He wants the best for you. He doesn't want you to fail. He doesn't want you to fall on your face. He doesn't want you to deal with all kinds of garbage and trash you don't have to deal with. Trust in this God. Trust in the spirit that God has given you. Listen to that voice. Don't let it get drowned out by your desires or your idea of his plans. Believe in this God. Because please, you don't deserve all that you get. He's a good God. Romans 3, chapter 3, verse 24. But God treats us much better than we deserve. Because of Jesus Christ, he freely accepts us and sets us free from our sins. So much better than we deserve. Ten times better. His plans are always, always better. 
Jesus supplies the ultimate example. He is the death, the substitution. He died in our place. He died the death that we deserved. He died the death that we deserved. Hallelujah. You don't have to face the judgment of your decisions because he has come. He came for you because he's good. Do you believe he has something better for you? If only I get this one thing in my life, then my life will be complete. What a great way of thinking. Some people think that. If only I get this, this could be a lot of things. The promotion, the college I want to go to, the friends, the girlfriend, the boyfriend, whatever it might be. But it's so funny, when you get it, you're still empty. It doesn't complete you. It does not fulfill you. And it reminds you that God has something better in store for you because he knows you better than you know yourself. Amen. If the musicians could come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So the question is, you don't get what you deserve. You don't get what you deserve. Hallelujah. I was, um, this was probably back in June. Um, I was on the phone with a pastor, a pastor of mine, uh, Brother Blash. He's a great, great, great man of God. Um, it was an hour. It was an hour conversation. I was outside. You know, and, I, and we were just talking. So uh, he passed away about two weeks ago. Due to cancer, stage four. 49, 50 years old. And I was just talking to him, just explaining the transition, the stress, everything of it. And um, he's a clinical counselor. And which is always good to have a clinical counselor in your friend. Someone in your life who gives you those pointed questions. Um, you know, I'm just complaining, I'm just talking about everything. And and he, he does he goes right to the point. He kind of did that with me, with with uh, with my wife, because it was her pastor first, and uh, he does that with all my decisions that I had to do. Even coming out here to Delaware, he asked these pointed questions, and he asked me the pointed question. He said, "Do you believe this is what you're called to do?" It was just a simple question, but it was a pointed question because I was just talking about everything else. And I, it made me stop complaining like Jeremiah. And I was focusing on the worthless and not the worthwhile. And I, um, or I thought, well, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. He's like, how do you know? Because I don't have any doubts. Okay. I, I feel... Fulfilled. I feel like this is what I was supposed to do. 
I don't have doubts about that. So there we go. There's your answer, Rosh. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. A good reminder. A good reminder. Knowing the will of the Lord for your life. He has good plans for you. He has good plans for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You could stand. You do not get what you deserve because he came. And he's a good God. He always has good plans for you. And his plans at times are hard to accept. But it's those little things that we have to do that in the long run pay great dividends. Do you trust this God? Do you really believe he has good intentions for you? Do you really believe he wants the best for you? Or do you believe he's just trying to trick you? No, no, this is, this is all the foolish things I did when I was younger. It's all coming back to get me. Because I get what I deserve. You don't. You don't get what you deserve. He took care of that for you. Jesus, Jesus. Lord, we love you, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. When will we, God, stop questioning your plans for our lives, Jesus? When will we just trust, God, that no matter how I feel and how I feel in the moment, Jesus, that your plans and your wisdom and your principles are always better than what I want to do? When will I just trust in you, Jesus? Oh, Jesus, I trust in your plans, God. You're a good God. You've got good things in store for me, Jesus. You've got great things in store for me, Lord. I wish I could see them. I'm just going to have to trust your voice. And if I have to go ahead and obey God in complete submission and get myself filled with your spirit, God, I'm going to go ahead and do that because I need you inside of me, God. And if I need to, God, get baptized in your name so I can go ahead and put you on, Jesus, and get buried in your name, I'll do that too, Jesus. I'm not going to trust God, my own plans. I'm not going to trust God what I think needs to happen. But I'm going to trust in you, God. God, I don't want no baggage, Jesus. I don't want to deal, God, with my own mistakes 30 years from now, God. Help me, Jesus, to just listen to your principles, God. Let me just listen to your words, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. These altars are open. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's probably been that voice, this this quiet voice that's just been talking. I hope you haven't silenced it. Jesus is talking to you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I trust in you, Jesus. I trust in you, Jesus. 
I know you have a better God plan for me, God. I know you have a better plan for me, Jesus. I'm not going to fight you, God. I'm not going to keep saying this is my idea, this is your idea, God. I'm just going to trust Jesus, whatever you say. Because I know, God, you have something better, God. Oh, hallelujah, 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 Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, I want you to live inside of me, Lord. Oh, Lord, I'll submit myself to you, God. Because I know, God, your lifestyle, Jesus, and what you have is way better, God, than what this world can offer. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I know, Lord God, how fulfilled God will be in your will, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, when I do listen to your voice, God, and when I do hear from you, Jesus, and when I do the principles you've called me to do, Lord God, I start seeing, Jesus, the benefits that you wanted me to have, Lord. I start to see, Jesus, Lord, yes, you're right. Maybe my tastes aren't as I thought I were. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, you have plans to restore me, God. You have plans to restore me, Jesus. You put a song in my heart, God. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. Oh, I will be faithful to your voice, Jesus. I'll be faithful in these small principles, Lord, that I feel, God, don't matter, but they matter to you, Jesus. Oh, yes, God. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Oh, I need you, God. I need you, Jesus. Oh, I need your voice, God, in my life, Jesus. Oh, help me, Lord, not to hold grudges, God. Oh, let me let go, Jesus. Oh, let me let go past hurts, God, whatever they might be, Jesus. I don't want anything to hinder your plans, God. I don't want anything, God, to hinder, Jesus, what you've called me to do. I don't want God to hinder the plans that you have, God, for me, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you for blessing me, Jesus. Thank you for putting people in Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're enough, God. You're enough, Jesus. You're enough, God. That was the lesson Job learned, Jesus, early on. Jesus, he learned that at the end of the day, God, when everything else is taken away from you, your wealth, health, your family, Jesus, you're enough. You're enough, God. You're more than enough, Jesus. Oh, Lord, let me learn that lesson, Jesus. Help me, God, not to climb my own dreams, Jesus. 
find myself, God, in the wrong building, Jesus. Let me be, God, in the building you want me to be. Let me, God, climb the clans you have, Jesus, for me. Help me, Jesus. Let me hear from you, God. Oh, I trust in you, Jesus. I trust in you, Jesus. I'm sorry I question your plans, God. I just, I'm just so worried, God. It's going to fall apart. I'm just so worried, God, that maybe you're holding out just like, just like Adam and Eve, Lord. I feel like I'm missing something, Jesus. Maybe you're hiding a truth from me, Jesus. Maybe you're just, you don't want me to have a good time, Lord. Or maybe you don't want me to have fun, Jesus. Oh, Lord, that's not true, God. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Lord, I'm a hard man, Jesus. Oh, I'm a stubborn man, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, remind me once again, Jesus. It's that day that you called me, Lord. Called me into your service, Jesus. Remind me of that day, Lord. You called me into relationship with you, Jesus. You don't have plans to hurt me, Jesus. You don't have plans, God, to take everything away from me, Jesus. You're just trying to do what's best. I pray, Jesus, the world's way of thinking and the wrong way of justice, Jesus, does not pervert my idea of who you are, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You're not trying to be malicious, Jesus. Hallelujah. You're a good God. You're a good God. You're a good God. You're a good God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
strong in might. I am power. I am justice. I will give you peace. I will give you the strength that you need to go on. Trust me. Walk in my ways. Not the ways of the world. Not the way you think. For I am God. Right. And I will deliver. And I will set free. And I will come unto you. And I will suck with you. And you with me. And we'll be together. Yes. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Man, what a good God we serve. What a good God we serve. Amen. Amen. Man, there's a kid's Christmas party afterwards, a bunch of cupcakes. Kids, you're dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen. 